Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Get over to Leon Tailoring for that young person who graduated. Congratulations, by the way. And make sure they've got the clothes for that big job interview. Hey, the economy may be good, but you still got to dress for success. And Leon Tailoring, they can help your young person do that with the professional wardrobe and attire that they need. And so all those years of college and getting a degree do not go to waste. So Leon Tailoring, the perfect place to get your young professional off to that start in the world of work. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Well, between now and Election Day, we will continue our conversations with various candidates for various municipal offices. And join us on the news line today is Natalie Goodwin. She's a Republican running in District 4, which is sort of north by northeast Marion County. So, Natalie, first of all, thank you very much for joining us. Always good to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, so where exactly, what are the boundaries of District 4 for folks who may not necessarily know? Yeah, so as you know, um, all the districts are going to be somewhat new this year. So District 4 has some new boundaries. Um, generally speaking, it is the area surrounding Geist Lake down to 75th Street, um, then kind of jumps up to the Castleton area and is the north side of 82nd Street to 86th Street down to Keystone up to 96th Street. Um, that's not exactly it. There's a few carve-outs here and there, but that's the pretty general layout of where the district covers. Uh, so let me ask you, why did, why did you decide to run? I mean, you're going to have a baby, you got a good husband who's a good guy, good friend. What, 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 make, what possessed you to do all this? <laughs> exactly. As I've been telling people, um, there's a lot of other things I could be doing with my time right now. But, you know, I grew up here. Uh, my parents still live in the same house I grew up in, graduated from Lawrence North High School. Nick and I had the opportunity to live a couple different places after we got married. But when we had kids and it was time to settle down and raise our family, we knew we wanted to come back to where we grew up. Um, it was a great place to grow up. Really loved this city. And when we moved back it was or moved into our house, we kind of looked around and it felt like post-COVID Indianapolis was not the city that we had grown up in. And we're just feeling kind of frustrated with, I think, as everybody knows, you know, the rising rates of crime, the lack of investment in our infrastructure. And for my district specifically, I grew up right down the street from Castleton Mall, kind of to see what that area has turned into over the last few years has been really frustrating. And so it was one of those things. Are you going to try to do something about it or are you just going to come plane and the opportunity presented itself so I decided to jump in and see if I can make some positive change happen. So when you go door to door uh, what are the big issues that voters are concerned about? Yeah, I think it won't be a surprise to anyone here, but the number one things I hear about, specifically in this district, continue to be public safety. Everybody knows at this point, you know, we're 300, over 300 police officers down on our police force. Um, the North District specifically, you know, we are, it's a large district to cover. Um, North Command is a large district to cover geographically. And when we're down officers, that means there's a lot of areas in this part of town where a police officer is quite a few minutes away if there's an emergency. So I think that's frustrating for a lot of people to know. Um, and they would just like to see us do better as a city on the public safety front. Um, infrastructure, again, I think we've all heard it. We've driven around. We've seen the potholes. We know we're underinvesting in our infrastructure right now. It's something we have to continue to work on. But people continue to be frustrated by that, I think especially with the lack of investment in neighborhood roads. As I've been knocking some doors, you know, there are original owners around here who have lived in their house for 30, 40 years, and they've never had their street repaved or sidewalks are crumbling or curbs, curbs are crumbling and, you know, just nothing's getting done about it. So continues to be a big frustration and then 
again, for this side of town specifically, I think the Castleton area, we've just seen post-COVID, you know, as there's been a shift in the retail landscape, um, a major disinvestment in the area, a lot of empty storefronts. And I think it has people worried kind of, as I've told people, one of the most unsolicited pieces of feedback I get is just a lot of people saying, I don't go there anymore. I don't have a reason to go there if I can do curbside pickup or if I can go to Fishers or to Keystone or something else, I will. And I think that's frustrating because that, you know, should be an economic corridor for the whole city there on the north side. So would love to see us be able to bring some investment back to that area. You no, know, it's interesting you bring up that, that part of town because when we first moved here, our, our, my dad's first tour of duty, he worked out of the finance center. And I remember uh, Castleton was like, you no know, sort of the big deal uh, back in the early to mid-90s. Uh, now it's, it seems like almost sort of a shell of what it used to be. Like particularly said with, with retail moving out, you know, part of it because of, you know, uh, people's shopping habits, but also uh, the fact that, you know, things change. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I've had a lot of conversations with people about this, because I, I think, you know, Castleton was developed in the 70s and 80s when it was really easy. You got in your car, you drove to work, and then if you needed to run an errand on the weekend, you drove to the mall, and then you lived in a separate part of town. That's just not really how people are living their lives anymore. I think we can look to the north suburbs, um, specifically here on the north side, for some really great examples of what downtown Carmel and Fishers have done to kind of drive that 24-hour density and make sure there's options for people to spend time in their community, to be able to shop, work, live all in a space and feel safe while they're doing it. Um, So I think there's real opportunity to do that. But, you know, even I'm not that old, but when I was in high school, going to spend time at the mall with my friends was something we did quite often. And I'm just not hearing that that's what people are willing to do anymore. Our guest on the program today is Natalie Goodwin. Natalie is a candidate uh, for the Indianapolis City County Council. Uh, She is running uh, in District 4, uh, which is the north by northeast corner uh, of the district. Uh, Natalie, uh, I know you're running against, uh, let me pull this up here, uh, the the Democrat in that district. Oh, gosh, I I had it two seconds ago. That's typical when I need something, it's nowhere to be found. I want to say you're running against uh, Nick Roberts. Uh, I want to say there were more Republican voters uh, that came out in that primary than Democratic voters. Uh, but Marion County is still uh, fundamentally a uh, Democratic county. How do you plan to reach those moderate, independent voters? Yeah, absolutely. I think what it comes down to is just one, people are looking for new leadership at this point in the city. I think this corner of the county specifically, as I've mentioned, you know, multiple times at this point, people are frustrated with where we're heading with public safety, the lack of investment in our infrastructure and economic development and new jobs and bringing them to the area. I also think it's a pretty residential area. As I mentioned, this is where I grew up. It's where my husband grew up. It's where we've chosen to raise our family. And there are a lot of families here. So I think it's just the right leadership at the right time. I match up with this district, you know, as a a young working mom who uh, is having to make a lot of those same tough decisions that my peers are, which is, you know, um, property taxes are going up, daycare is expensive, how are we making these family budgets work? I think it's really resonating with folks who are wanting somebody who represents them to be their voice on the council. Uh, Let me ask you, how do you think the top of the ticket will impact uh, your races? We did some polling this week uh, at IndyPolitics.org. The the mayor is ahead by 10 points, 47-37 against Jefferson Shreve. However, uh, there's still 16 to 17 percent undecided voters. Uh, that means that those undecided voters could, could make a difference. Uh, how is the top of the ticket impacting with your race in particular or are or, or all, or, 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 or all races separate? 
I, I mean, I think there's definitely an opportunity for the top of the race to impact the ticket. I, I think people are paying attention to the messaging and they're seeing, obviously, as we know, this is going to be a well-resourced, well-resourced race from both sides um, at the mayor level for the candidates. Um, and they're getting their message out. So I'm definitely hearing from people about that. At the same time, I think we have a unique opportunity on the local level. I mean, I've knocked thousands of doors already. We have a few thousand more to go to go before Election Day. And it's a real opportunity to talk one on one with the voters and directly engage with them on the issues that they care about. So while I think it's top of mind for everybody and definitely is something they're thinking about, I I think we have a unique opportunity to kind of create our own path here um, and find some leadership that really knows what the district specifically wants. Okay, I got to ask you a question, and it's not sexist at all, but what do people say when they see a pregnant woman show up, hey, I'm running for city council? I would say, first off, there's been a lot of offers of water. I don't know if I've ever been offered so many bottles of water, and I appreciate it. Very grateful. Um, you know, it's been a unique experience for sure. We we always knew we wanted a third, and as you know, they, there's a saying goes when uh, you make a plan and God laughs, and so the timing was a little bit unique. But um, it's been really great, as, as I've also said, um, the conversations at Doors have been really positive. I think it continues to reinforce, you know, I'm invested here, as I've been joking and but serious with people. Nobody cares more about the future of this city right now than I do. Um, so it's it's been exciting. I, I've also said, you know, I do think it is helping with a positive reception because I'm not sure how many people are willing to slam the door in the eight-month eight pregnant lady's face. <laughs> All right. Well, our guest on the program today has been Natalie Goodwin. She's a Republican running in District 4. That is sort of north by northeast. Uh, uh, west of Lawrence, Castleton, uh, Guyasset area. Uh, Natalie, thank you very much for being with us. Nothing but the best of luck, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Abdul, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.